It's time to roll up those joints, pack those bowls, and fire up those nails. Because you're listening to Blazin' with Bobby Black on Cannabis Radio. What's up, Blackalites? This is Bobby Black coming to you with another edition of Blazin'. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are here. I am lucky to uh, have in studio with me. You know him. You love him as the host of Smoker's Guide TV and UncleStoner.TV. Your friend and mine, Uncle Stoner, Bobby West. How are you, man? Oh, blessed, brother. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me to your home. And wow, what a home. The memorabilia and the the eye candy that you have on the wall and the plants outside that your wife has put out there, April. Beautiful, beautiful place. Thank you for having me here. It's a great and energetic place. And I can see a lot of history on the walls here, brother. Right on. Yeah, when you say plants, you mean uh, uh, yeah, the flowers. flowers. Yeah, the flowers, the flowers, and then the flowers, the sun, the flowers. sunflowers. And we wouldn't want to give people the wrong impression. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know, of course, in our industry, you say plants, and now plants. No, your wife actually has a green thumb. I mean, how many different types of species of plants does she have out there? I mean, it's quite a bit. Yeah, she's got a green hand. It's like, <laughs> it's it's growing, it's creeping up now. But um, anyway, it's a pleasure to have you here, man. We've known each other a long time now. When when what, Do you remember when it was we first met? My memory shot. I want to think it was either late 2001 or 2002 with a cup over there. It must have been probably 2002, I believe. I was in a, at the cup in uh, November. That was the first time I, I came over there. I, and, I knew and, it was at a cup. I just yeah. didn't remember what year. Yeah, I believe it was around 2001. It's been you know, a lot of years since then, it seems like. you know, Not a lot of years, but yet a lot of years, especially with everything going on and the progress that we're seeing in the cannabis industry nowadays. It's not like it was when we went over to Amsterdam. I mean, it was more like a, a... I mean, there it is a family, but that was a really tight-knit family there. Everybody that entered, anybody participated, you felt like you were involved, you were immersed in this. You know, you went on the tours, you went to the different coffee shops. Each one had their own little gimmick of, you know, bringing you in there, making you feel comfortable and enjoying their cannabis. It was quite yeah. a different scene. You know, it was the outlaw scene because a lot of these people, you know, they had their cannabis showed up there somehow from wherever they grew it at and they entered it there and so it's what it's the kind of the founders and the building steps or the ladder that got us to where we're at today you know sure today which is amazing i mean yeah and and well the cups were also an educational experience on so many levels not only just from from lectures and people talking like you know people like we talked about uh earlier eagle bill Mm. um you know of course jack her um so many different luminaries robert robert connell clark uh that that made their way through there uh chris conrad you know just just the names go on and on and on of all the people who came through yeah absolutely um and and but aside from all that just you never knew being exposed to all those people in that in that place if you didn't know who they were you you could run into bump into and start learning about people and it was a really a place to learn about like who are these people what's going on and get sucked into it yeah. like one time it was uh, back in one of the first times over there in Campstown, i met adam dunn and all and this cup was going on and Jorge Cervantes was had a, had a lecture and speaking I went there and I was watched it all, listened to it all, and then like a day later I go to see Adam. I go downstairs and Hemp Works, and there's this nerdy guy sitting there with glasses on, and uh, we started doing bong loads. And Adam's like, "You know who this guy is?" I'm like, "No." He goes, "That's Jorge." I'm like, "No, it's not." Jorge's got long black hair, long black hair mustache. He starts laughing. I mean, he was all clean 
haircut, cut, glasses, all that. It's like, hey. Now, but back then, that's what it was, disguises and stuff. You couldn't be, yeah. unless you were there and you really knew them, uh, they, they couldn't be who they wanted to be. And so if you got to know the true them, that was special. That means that you you know you were accepted in the, into that that fold, and that they you know took you under their wing, and I was blessed to you know being over there at that time and stuff to be able to take a lot of people took me under their fold and taught me a lot of things like earlier we we're talking about Franco, I mean amazing legend legendary man in this Franco country. strain hunter yeah strain, strainers I mean I remember back in the day he, he's the one that taught me to give my honest opinions on things because I was kids come up to me and show me different stuff and they oh what do you think of course me being kind hearted I said oh nice nice he heard me telling that and he knew the stuff wasn't that good and he goes bye he goes Uncle Stoner listen because people value your opinion you got to give them the honest opinion these guys want to be honest good growers if you don't tell them what they're doing wrong then they're not going to be they can will not you know the craft will not get better and this plant won't get better. And, you know, the product won't get better. And so, till today, now, I, I give my honest opinion on what I think about some Sometimes it's brutal, brutally honest, but I'd rather give that than lie to someone and have them not produce this plant the way it should, you know, sure, this man. medicine. Well, t- tell us a little about your, your, your background and your history. You have a, you have a, an interesting uh, history. Tell us a little about yourself. Well, I was first born in a town called Grass Valley, California, actually. Elevation 2420. It's Northern Cal. Uh, yeah, believe it or not. Go figure. Elevation, from bro. Grass. Yeah, elevation 2420. Um, you know, my, my, I lived on an eight-and-a-half-acre farm there. The land My father grew. My neighbors grew. But, you know, they kind of kept it away from us. You know, we knew they were doing it. but And so from there, I went to New Roswell, New Mexico, the uh, alien capital of the world. Wow. Culture shock, you know, from there, the greenness and all that. And uh, but from there, from high school, I had scholarships for football, wrestling, boxing, and one golden gloves. Off. But I messed up my knee my senior year, so all my scholarships went away. And I said, "What the hell?" Military. I saw that show, cocktails, you know, cocktails, uh, you know, Tom Cruise, and all that. Yeah, yeah. And I said, "What else?" So I got my knee good enough, and I went into the military. So I served uh, fifteen years total military, uh, Navy, Army. I was a uh, Weapon specialist in the Navy. I worked from everything from M sixty one A one twenty millimeter guns to nukes, proloads. I was on a nuke wow. team. Wow! Holy cow! Uh, yeah, I mean, we had armed guards around us. If we did one step wrong, well, we were screwed. You know, we had everyone by the book. Uh, from there, I went into, I got out, then did Army Navy Reserve for a little bit, and then from that, I went into uh, combat medic, Army National Guard. All during that time dealing with my PTSD because I was also involved in a big, huge flight that fire November 30th, 1988 aboard the Nimitz. You know, several friends got killed, oh, flames took on. So there's some things that still affect me and plus, and, uh, now I just lost my train of thought on that one. But <laughs> that's okay, man, because, uh, you know, as you know, you know, veterans are, are a cause that's near and dear to my heart. I covered it in High Times Medical Marijuana Veterans. And then when started doing the panels at the High Times Cannabis Cup, the veteran panels, and I was just blown away by these guys' stories. And, and uh, you know, I had never served in the military, but both my grandfathers fought in World War II. I have uncles and cousins in the Navy. Um, you know, I come from a Navy family. My grandfather, my dad's father, was a like he ran like a whole uh, he was on a gunner ship uh, that defended uh the coast of Africa oh shit. uh during World War II so the Russian supply ships would sail in and deliver supplies to the front and the rush and the uh, Nazis were trying to like take out the supply ships my grandfather's was a battleship that patrolled the coast of Africa and like shot down Nazi ships so that's just some serious yeah. shit you know but so i it, 
I got off on a tangent about my grandfather because, you know, it's, 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 it's whatever. But my point is that, uh, so veteran issues are important to me. And doing the panels really opened my eyes to a lot of things. And I made some really lifelong friends like Dakota and, oh, great, uh, great yeah, and Steve and, uh, and, and everybody that's been on the panels, uh, really. And so I'm happy to find out that you've been you've been working on those panels. Yeah, now. actually, I, I started talking on them and stuff, and then uh, through Crystal, now she helps run and stuff. Me and Colin, Colin Zurumba, we decided because we know all the veterans, and we want we kind of know what we want to talk about, and so we approached them, and they kind of let us be the liaison, and so we're the ones that are put together the High Times panels, and now me, Colin, and a few other veterans are. And Dakota's involved too, though, right? Yeah, oh yeah, Dakota. Yeah. Oh God, yes, Colin, Dakota, yes, he. Because I know yeah. he's been doing it as well. I, yeah, I'm he, so happy. That, that you guys are carrying that torch forward. Well, thank you. Actually, uh, at in San Bernardino, I guess they we the whole room was packed. We got standing elevations. Elevations. Uh, they people are still asking questions, so we did so well. Even Matt wasn't there. He came up to me and thanked me. So from there, they actually gave us two panels in uh, in uh, Michigan to, to have. So we had two separate days because you know it is important because a lot of these kids, especially now they're getting in the military, they don't know what they're in store for when they get out. Sometimes they get a good help. Sometimes they get the wrong help. And 90% of the time, it's the help they get them is this uh, bag of pills and a discharge paper. And they cram all this medication down them, uh, opiates and stuff, and it ruins their life. I mean, my myself with my PTSD and everything. And the SSRI inhibitors, the yeah. shit that oh, messes yeah. with their head. I mean, I was, trust me, I was loony. You know, you yeah. thought I was loony when you first met me in Amsterdam? Well, it's because I was just getting off all the medications and stuff. And I would, it'd go and make you go out and seek other drugs. And so even while I was in active, you know, reserve and stuff, I was still actually doing drugs because the medication they were giving me was messing me up. But I was in the military because I doing that because I thought I, that was what was keeping me together. That sense of keeping me together because if I wasn't with them, then I, with all the medication, I'd just lose it. But finally, in two, I think it was 2001, I realized that, no, I don't want these pills these things are causing me harm. They're making me go out and do risky behavior, do other types of drugs. I need to get out of here. I need to get back to my roots. And I checked myself into 5150 Ward in San Bernardino. From that, I got a bus ticket and went down to my hometown. And I started cultivating. I fought the government for over eight years and a half. Got my 100% disability finally through them because a lot of the stuff I did, I, the records were sealed and stuff because they, you know, they can't, you know, you're not allowed to say what you did or this and that. And once they're sealed, it's kind of hard to open them up. So it took me eight and a half years. Once I got that money, I, you know, I said, I need to go soul searching. So the first place I went is to Jamaica. <laughs> I mean, Jamaica, I mean, come on. <laughs> and I went there, I spent some time. And the first place I went was Bob Marley's house. And I walk on his, on his land there and it's something hit me like, this is a spiritual land. I mean, this is Sugar Hill. This is legendary ball. So I took my sandals off. Next thing I knew, I had these uh, four Rastafarians come up to me. They got, bless, bless, brother. Respect, respect. We can see it in your eyes. I see it in your eyes and feel it in your heart. You come with it. We'll show you the realness of Bob and all that. So we went around. He showed me all. And towards the end, they're like, Rasta man, why don't you dread your hair? You're a Rasta man. I said, oh, is it long enough? I mean, I've been to, I want to. So they set me down. The female cousins came out. As I looked at that doorstep, three little birds upon my doorstep. These cousins sit there and put beeswax in my hair and wrapped it up. And that's how I started my dreadlocks. Wow. So from that, that's when I said, well, I want to learn more about it. 
I'm all about myself in this world. So I started traveling, and I was over in Amsterdam and over in Germany, and then all of a sudden I heard that, hey, there's a High Times Cannabis Cup in November. I'm like, what? How do I get tickets to this? And boom, there I was. I showed up there with my dreadlocks, my PTSD, and just full of wanting to learn more about this plant because it seemed like this is where the true knowledge of this plant was, and I was going to find it. And and that is where, you know, because Jack Herrera, Eagle Bill, I mean, so many legends, even even Mr. Lee, Mr. Lee, the poet, cannabis poet. I mean, there's yeah. so many legend people that are passionate about this plant that luckily I was able okay. to spend time with. Okay, Larry. Larry, yeah, Larry. Oh, God, Larry. I know. God rest his soul. Another, another, another guy. One, another, another guy. I mean, there's just so many of them that we've yeah. lost. And so many that are still in prison right now. Thank God Eddie left. Yeah. Just recently got out. Just got married. Just got married. And he's starting uh, Rastafarian. Uh, right on, o- yeah. O-N-A of Rastafarian Sugarleaf Church. Actually, yeah. I went and uh, took a private tour and did a little interview with him uh, just the other day there in Vegas. Really nice place. Yeah. And so he sent him up all, and he's using the religious preference. Uh, Absolutely, with his yeah. license and stuff. And which, I know I'm very familiar with it. I've been communicating <laughs> with him and Heidi uh, pretty regularly. Yeah. So uh, I wasn't able to make it up to to the wedding, sadly. But uh, I did watch it streaming. So that that's you know the next best thing. Yeah, I was invited to, but then we winded up. I had to do this documentary thing uh, with some uh, performers, rappers that are getting into the cannabis industry. Because as I said, it's not like it used to be. There was only so many people, like like we talked about earlier. The biggest high times cup over in Amsterdam was only maybe five thousand, boy. But that was a hell of an awesome energy. I mean, even the two thousand one is just the, that many people. It's just the energy there and the way it was. It's just lots of. I mean, I love them now and the progress that they're growing. But that feeling that they had and everything was just yeah. It's not quite the same, you know. Eddie just got the lifetime achievement award a few weeks ago. Yeah, we that's backstage awesome. with him and everything, and there well, was Kyle it. there and a few other people and. And we kind of look at each other and we're like, man, it kind of almost feels like Amsterdam being back together, guys, huh? We're yeah. like, well, almost, but not quite, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I've known Kyle for a long time, too. I've known the relationships that have been around for so long. It's just, uh, it amazes me. And that, that's what that's the what your, the real wealth of, of it is, okay, is walking yes. away with the relationships that I've had with people in Amsterdam, people in all around the world, and, and how cannabis unites them in Jamaica as well. You know, I should mention I I had hair my hair braided by a Jamaican <laughs> Jamaican girl once, but it didn't. I guess you could call what happened a religious experience uh, afterwards. <laughs> but um, no, seriously, uh, you know, I should mention that uh, you know we we discussed this earlier. The um, uh, my travel agency that, that my wife and I have, Highway yeah. Travel, uh, they're doing a uh, retreat in Jamaica. There's this great property. You were talking about Bob Marley's house. This property is right near Bob Marley's house, oh, and man. it gives little tours. They can do go do little tours. But uh, it's Coral Cove Resort. It's in uh, Little Bay, and uh, in September. So my wife and and Melissa uh, Craig from High Times' wife, Melissa Coffee, they're putting together this amazing event. So wellness retreat. So it's really I'm excited for it. Oh. And I, I haven't been in Jamaica in a long time, and I'm looking forward to getting back there. Things changing there. You know, they still got no progress and stuff because you know they were. You know, they were oppressed for so many years and stuff. Like back in the day, they had all these plantations and stuff. The uh, British came over there, flooded this money in front of them, gave them the money, and then all of a sudden, next thing, all their generations were living in shacks and stuff. So now that this cannabis is coming out, they're trying to figure out the proper way to get all the money they can out of it. And some of them are doing it the greedy way or wrong way. So there's, there's still a lot of problems with Jamaica and how it's, how it's turning out. But, you know, they're trying. 
but because of their oppressed and everything, they're still hungry for the money that it brings in. And that's one thing about this plant, besides it healing you physically and mentally, monetarily. I mean, look at all the different states and, and, and cities and stuff that have prospered now because of this, this plant. And even, even as far as drug use, I mean, opiate addiction, all that stuff has gone down because of this plant and because of you know people like you and how many years you've been doing this and fighting this and, and high times and everybody, all these different magazines and all the videos out there are showing the true knowledge of what this plant can do for you and that it's not a bad thing, that we're not, you know, no reefer madness, you know. You know, were, you know it's it's a, like Danny said and a lot of friends, it's a it's an exit drug, not an interest drug. You know, it, it it's it, yeah. it helps people. I've seen it change people's lives. I've been blessed uh, to be able to help one of the youngest cannabis patients in history, a team Amelia. Her, she was in the wound. She died uh, once in the wound. She was having seizures inside the wound. They had a flyer over on a jet plane, mercy plane, to Colorado. They wanted to put a do not resuscitate on her. They told her that her, she'd never have a quality of life. Her mother, luckily through hearing all the different stuff about this plant now that we can be able to get out there because of radio because of what you do and all these different shows said no i want to try cbd well she the one she tried unfortunately uh it did help out some but the way it's processed with the ethanol yeah. that ethanol causes heartburns presses on the nerve can actually cause seizures so i actually got her on a uh Haley's hope through jason cranford and since then, uh, it, she's only had maybe one or two seizures in the last year and a half. And wow. this girl was having monster seizures. So it, it shows that this is, you know, this is no con artist. This is you know, not a hoax. This plant is actually a healing plant. I think it's the best thing for this world and for our society. And thank God that things are changing because we'd be going downhill if this wasn't here. When, you, when you think of how insanely maligned that this plant has been by the government and the media for so long and you think about how directly inversely it actually is good for the equal measure they say that it's evil it's actually good they said it caused lung cancer it helps clear it clears lungs they said it caused it made you stupid and killed brain cells that was their big one it killed brain cells it actually helps prevent alzheimer's disease and improves neural functioning you know there's every single thing they've said about it that was wrong and i mean that that was that they said it was wrong they were wrong and it was the exact opposite i remember as a kid hearing that if you smoke cannabis it make male. If you were a guy, it made your breasts larger. Yeah. So I yeah. remember as a kid going around, any big heavy set guy that had big brain. <laughs> that, I'm like, oh, he smokes pot. That guy must he be a major me. stoner. He must be a major stoner. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's uh, showing that. He, yeah, and it's sad because of you know Hirsch and Dupont and all them back in back in the 30s. And so what Mexico was doing with the paper and stuff and how. How they want to have the corner on all the newspapers, and of course they made it out of trees, and of course Mexico made everything out of hemp. They started the propaganda, and then from there, I mean, yeah. it's... If we, if we, I really think that if we can get through this insanity that we're dealing with now in the world and politically, like with the with the, with the jihadi and the Trump, if, if that if we can manage to survive yeah, those yeah, two things, then uh, I think that eventually things are still going in the long term. Things are still progressing forward, and I think green energy is going to get bigger. I think cannabis is going to become more accepted. Things will continue to get better for for gay people and transgender people. They will. There will, yeah. well, there will be roadblocks, and there will be things that you know. But eventually, all these old Old rich white fucks are gonna die that are in power. No, I'm serious, man. I, I hate to be, you know. And I'm not. I'm not. 
I'm not, I don't mean that in like a threatening way. I mean, I mean, natural cause, but I'm saying that like, I'm not threatening anybody, but I'm just saying that the people that are in power are from an an older generation. They think differently. They're outdated and they're holding the country back. They like to be controlled. You know, they, the back then they controlled them and told them what to, what to do. And that's just what Trump's, Trump's of that school. He is of that school. He's trying to bring it back and, and he's not going to survive. He's not going to be successful for long because he's, he's been a train wreck from day one. Oh yeah. The only thing that makes me feel safe though is the fact that he, I don't think he's going to mess too much with the cannabis industry is because most of those people he's golfing with and stuff are Fortune 500 companies. And you know who's investing in the uh, cannabis industry now? Fortune 500 companies. I mean, you know, Scott, Lawn Service, and them guys, they just bought part, part of Gavita, over $100 million. Well, look at High Times. They just got, bought, you know, but the majority of it got bought out by, you know, Adam. You know, and so it, things, progress are changing. And, of course, with the good, there's the bad. You know, just like everything, good, the bad, and the ugly. But I think with this plant, it always shines through the positive. It's always been a communal plant. It's always put people together, always got people communicating. That's one thing I loved when I started traveling over in Europe. It didn't matter what country I went in. If I had a joint or someone made a you know, sign, we came friends. We were sitting there smoking. Even if we couldn't speak, speak the same language, we still had that common bond together, this plant. Yeah. And we had, you know, it was just. I call it the stonerhood. Yeah, stonerhood. It's the most peaceful plant, and it's been put on this planet for a reason. And I think it is to heal us and, and help this planet exist. Because if, if not, I mean, if it wasn't here, we'd be down. I mean, there's so many things that we use cannabis and hemp for. But they, even our governments don't even allow, allow, let us know that they use it for. Anyway. Yep. Getting deep here on Blazing this week. Getting serious, getting deep. We're proselytizing out to all you eager masses, stoner masses out there. Uh, We're going to take a quick break uh, on that note, but uh, please uh, stay tuned because we'll be right back with more from Uncle Stoner here on Blazing. You're listening to Blazing with Bobby Black on Cannabis Radio. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and a Approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Okay. 
Okay, and we are back here on Blazin. My um, guest this week is the host of Smoker's Guide TV. He's got his own channel, uh, UncleStoner.tv. Uh, Bobby West, also known as Uncle Stoner. Hey, how you doing, brother? Yeah, it's funny. You, know, you mentioned that. You know, for years, everybody knew me as Uncle Stoner. But then finally when I went on Facebook, for a few more years, they know, and then all of a sudden I get this message from on, uh, Facebook. You... Now have to go by your name everybody knows you by. Well, I try to explain to them that, well, that's what everybody knows me by nowadays, back then. But, yeah, so nowadays, it's, you know, of course, back then we had to have them nicknames. You know that. Yeah. You know, it, that it, goes it, back to the outlaw yeah, stuff we were talking was, about. Like, you know, I didn't necessarily want everybody reading High Times to know my real name with the things I was getting involved with or whatever, you know. And, uh, you know, it's just good. Everybody at High Times picked like a, a fun pseudonym to work with. You know, yeah. Bobby Black was mine. Yeah, I mean, I was blessed actually. I got the name Uncle Stoner in Amsterdam. I would, I didn't pick it; it was picked for me. You know, as I said, when I go over there to Amsterdam, so I'm person. I like to have have see people enjoying their life and things easy for them. And so I seen how you know which coffee shops were really good and which places to go. And so I started these free tours from the Flying Pig back in the day. And I used to take people around and show them different coffee shops, end up at Paradiso. But one time I had like 70 kids. And we're and once we get done, we're all doing mushrooms and smoking. We go down to the common room at the Flying Pig there. And one guy goes, well, what do they call you? I'm like, I don't know, Califip. He goes, no, no, you're Teal for my day. I'm like, excuse me, Teal Fomadi. He goes, Uncle Stoner. And also all these seven kids, 70 kids that started shouting, Uncle Stoner, Uncle wow. Stoner. And, and then from that, you know, the, the other people, Dumat kind of caught on, started calling me it, John Sinclair, you know, uh, you know, Eddie. all, And so it just kind of yeah. caught on. And so that's how the name kind of Uncle Stoner kind of came yeah. to fruition. You know? um, when we first met, we kind of had a, a little bit of a weird, rocky kind of start to our <laughs> friendship because uh, when we first met, you you were kind of like perceived, I will say, by some of the High Times people as like somebody who was trying to, you know, work work way in or something. And there was accusations that you were selling laminates and all this stuff. So a lot of the staff had gotten this weird vibe, like really weird uh, prejudice against you because they heard this stuff. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it was a little weird at first and it took, it took a little while to get to know you and, and, and see like, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Bullshit. Like, but uh, of course everybody, everybody did except maybe Michael Sapphire, <laughs> but everybody else, you know, we realized, okay, he's, he's one of us. He's all good. Man. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a person, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Uh, I I love to learn knowledge and whatever and get that knowledge from straight from the person that knows it. I don't, you know, and that's how I was over there. I was very eager, very knowledgeable. And of course, back then, you know, you had to be careful of who, you know, and you know who you trusted and stuff. And of course, there was the incident uh, where someone tried to say I was selling passes and stuff, which I never do because I always got them free from either Johnny from Gray Area or yeah. Diary or even Audience. So and dude, honestly, at well at this point and even probably back then, if you were, I wouldn't have cared <laughs> as long as it was not like a crazy amount. Yeah. Like if you had like a, if you were like making a business out of it, then yeah. Right, yeah. But if you if you were like slinging a, an extra pass or two that you managed to get your whole hands on, like. Do you really think that like the staff cares about one or two passes? Yeah. Like what the fuck, you know? Yeah. But but you know who did care about it, Michael? Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, I said no. I mean, that one time I told you, he got so butthurt about it. He was so like, 
that guy can't be back here and blah 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 and you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, you know, there was some I, there was some very grumpy people that worked at High Times. Yeah, <laughs> surprisingly, you know that it's like in Lockham, some Dan Sky Dan Sky could be pretty grumpy. <laughs> he could be pretty grumpy. Oh, yeah. yeah, but he can also be pretty fair. He, you know, he was actually the first person to ever pull me on stage in uh, in Amsterdam. When you remember he used to go on stage on, I was there, and he's like, "Oh, I need somebody volunteer." And I sit there and raise my hand. Of course, right when I get up on stage, he's talking out, and I get a call from my girlfriend. <laughs> so I'm sitting there talking. I pick it. I start talking, and he's like, "Wait, look at this guy." I go, "He goes, who are you talking to?" I'm talking to my girlfriend. So he pick, grabs the phone from me, talks for a little bit, and he goes, looks at the audience, sounds like a guy. And then, you know, he goes, he's busy right now. He'll call you back. <laughs> and I can't remember what else, but the, yeah, he was one of the first persons to actually bring, bring me on stage back in the day there uh, in high times. Actually, it was at that little hotel place we were talking about, the little hotel, little venue back over that little, I can't even remember yeah. the place, but you, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's but, a lifetime ago. Yeah, it is a lifetime ago. It, it, was a, it was a different world. It was a different era. It was different people. I mean, uh yeah, it was a lifetime ago, but we got to keep those memories alive, and that's why I like talking about them and writing about them because uh, somebody's got to tell these stories, and uh, I have an awful lot. You know, a lot of my good stories, a, a good chunk of my good stories, have already I've done it for columns or for features. You know, in high times, yeah. a lot of that material is out there, and I'm working on uh, trying to put together like a website and try to like put myself out there so that work doesn't get lost. You know, I want people to be able to have access to it to check it out, but. Um, uh, I have so many stories left that I still haven't told. There's some I've kept for the vault, so I'm gonna. Work, I'm working on a on a memoir on a book, and that and that will be where like some of the better stories come out. Like uh, you know, someone asked me earlier, is is this a, a tell all? And I said, no, it's a tell some, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, you know that that's my plan. Like I'm, I want to be honest, but at the same time, I'm not looking to cause. Uh, I'm not looking to become a mudslinging kind of situation. Yeah, most of these stories are pretty humorous. Too, I love sure. high times, you know, and I wish them well and. And, and as they go along, but uh, I still have some stories to tell. Oh, even myself yeah. is it? I was blacklisted for a little because of Michael. You know, he he kicked me out. So he didn't tell me. He didn't, he didn't appreciate me eating his bananas. Of course, the next year when he was gone, <clears throat> I made sure when I did my uh, intro to the cup in Michigan, I made sure I had the craft service right behind me and a nice banana right on top. So I grabbed that banana, took a big old bite out of him. Of course, only the inside people at high times knew why I did that. And so, yeah, the infamous <laughs> banana incident. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it banana incident? Yeah. You know? He but, didn't want you to have our, our hospitality banana. So. No, he did not. He did not. But, you know, hey, that's all right. You know, because this brings in all types of people. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. People get into this industry for the wrong reason and stuff, and they don't realize this is a loving plant. And it's not an eagle thing. Eagle... It's not about ego. It's not about egotistical. It's about each other and propping each other up and, and lifting each other up and educating you and not looking down or criticizing or talking bad about someone because they're doing better than you. Learn from them or try and achieve to be as good as them. And, you know, that's one thing uh, I see a lot in this industry is that there is a lot of people there that help each other out and try and lift every up, you know, out. Oh, Adam Blunt, Adam Hill, that's a good kid there. I mean, I usually sure. most time when I hear him talk, he's always talking positive. Same with, uh, you know, Loud Pack J, you know, these new kids in the industry and stuff, which, of course, a lot of this stuff they did, even Jonah, a lot of this stuff they do now. I used to, back in Amsterdam, I used to do that free party at the Smoking Bull where I got John Sinclair on the radio there. We got a violinist, had free massages and all that. Yeah, give out any whatever, whatever kind of products that someone would give me out at that time. I'd sit there and give out its gifts and stuff. Of course, back then, we didn't have the internet and, the, and all that stuff, so not too many people knew about it unless you actually came over there and experienced it. 
Yeah. Nowadays, it's everywhere. And that's the magic of video and multimedia, yeah. you know. So let's talk a little about – tell me a little about Smoker's Guide TV. I was aware of it for many years ago in Amsterdam. And, and when I left High Times, when I first left, I had been talking to Adam about possibly doing a show or working with them in some capacity. And it just never seemed to materialize. I know because he's been so busy because, you know, well, Smoker's Guide, you know, it started out in Amsterdam over 20 years ago. It started out as a guidebook, the number one guidebook there you know you actually when i went to uh amsterdam first place to say it, it's flying pig i sit there because i wanted to find out where gray area was because i knew hey american owned that so i know at least that should be a cool place <laughs> so i'm sitting there waiting in line to check in the gray area and i see this book smoker's guide so i grab it and i and look and i oh there's gray area so that's how i first learned from it and then adam saw me he always kind of kept in the back and turned the cups and stuff but he's always put out a good guidebook gave out, gave out the knowledge and he finally approached me uh I think it was uh, 2013. He said, hey, you know, I've seen everything you do. I see you're all about the plant. You know, a lot of people out there, you're knowledgeable. How would you like to start doing interviews? We're thinking about branching off to, uh, you know, can of broadcast and smoker's guide and stuff because it's all about digital now. You know, we love the guidebook. We're still going to be doing that because people love to have that because it's a collector's item and it's something that you can hold in your hand, tangible. But we realize that it's now all about videos and stuff and be able to see what's actually happened and be able to experience it like you're there. And so what I do is now with Smoker's Guide is I go to these events all over the world, not just the, the, uh, the recreational ones, the medical ones, but I, I mean, just a month and a half ago, I was at Harvard. I was invited to Harvard. I was able there to uh, interview like Dr. Dorr. He's the head of all of uh, Israel Health. So when a doctor in Israel sits there and thinks a patient needs to have cannabis, he writes that recommendation. He sends it to Dr. Dorr, and then Dr. Dorr approves all of that. So wow. he's like, so he's the only one that can get in. He's like, so hey, I'm the only one that can trouble. And well, hey, they pointed me. They're not to mess with me. And of course, I asked him. I said, well, hey, did you study any of the endocrine, you know, the cannabinoid system in in school in the university? He kind of chuckled, kind of heavy. Like, I go, no, no, not in school, but after school, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just kind of funny and. You know, and so, as you said, you know, things have changed since Amsterdam, and we need to let the public know what it's really about, the medical side, the recreational. Show that, it, you know, people try and say, oh, you know, it's it's just like alcohol, it's worse than alcohol. No, it's, you know, everybody should have their own choice of what they want to put in their body. I prefer cannabis. Uh, I think it's way, you know, there's no harm to it, like alcohol and stuff. So, but I'm personally... Be able to do whatever you want, but just respect people around yeah. you and make sure it doesn't harm affect them. And, the, and that's one thing about this plant. It does not affect anybody else around. The only time people get affected. Well, they're going to say about – I was going to say that the you know the, the next big battles, the battles, there's still plenty more to fight. Okay. I mean the next big battles is going to be drug driving and uh stuff like that uh, and how about how about job testing because if you're if it's yeah. legal and you're and you're taking part on your day on your day off or your or your evening hours how can they throw you out of your job that's going to be another civil rights battle i shouldn't have to be fired if i'm yeah. using recreational but yeah marijuana. you can uh, drink drink uh, alcohol and stuff on your day off and stuff and it's okay and it's and and they need to come up with a good driving test that's actually accurate yeah, you can't just say oh it's in your blood therefore you're you're under arrest and it stays in your system 30 days yeah. so for 30 days you're unimpaired and you're not able to drive yeah you should have to there should be some impairment fair impairment test because i know plenty of people that even if they are stoned could could totally pass an impairment yeah. oh, test and can drive totally fine you know it's just everyone's different the level of impairment it's not about an arbitrary number necessarily exactly. you know 
And of course, our government's using it to make money too and stuff. And that's the other thing. I, I hate where they say, oh, you're a wreck patient. Oh, you're a medical patient. As long as you're consuming this plant or using this plant in whatever way you deem that makes you feel good or healthy, or, then I think you're just a user of the plant. You're all, every person that takes this plant in is a patient, is a medical user. This is benefiting them. And if they don't think it is, it is. I mean, right. All use has been medicinal. That's the argument because, uh, the, yeah, I mean, even though you're taking, you, you supposedly are taking it for recreational purposes because you like the feeling of the high, the, it is doing good for your body. And uh, especially at a, at a not, you know, not excessive uh, amount, let's say, you know, but uh, smoking, uh, you know, a, a normal amount each day, the same way they say a, a glass of red wine a day is good for you, or yeah. you know, you sh- you should eat, you know, whatever a day. Th- that's the same. It's the same thing. Like the endocannabinoid system helps regulate the mood and the stress levels and and all the other systems in the body. So you want to keep it fine tuned. Yeah. Well, they've they've gone studies. Opiates addiction has gone down in a lot of places and stuff. And, it, and it's sad. Like Florida, they can. I mean. They have so many of these, you know, third world uh, doctors or people that barely get their doctor's degree and open up all these opiate shops there and they go, they give these scripts out. And I mean, it's such a bad problem with these opiates, but now they're finding out that these people use cannabis is, you know, helping people with these problems and stuff. And it, it's like, as I said, it's an exit drug, not an entrance drug. And the only time that we ever had really harm from this plant is the persecution that we get from our government and the people that have their closed eyes. Right on, brother. Right on. Uh, Let's take another break, uh, and uh, we'll be back uh, in a few minutes to wrap everything up here with Uncle Stoner on Blazin'. You're listening to Blazin' with Bobby Black on Cannabis Radio. Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest-growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC. Symbol MCIG. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Right, and we are back once again here on Blazin' uh, with Uncle Stoner. So, yes, how you feeling, Uncle Stoner? Oh, I feel blessed, man. Hey, thank you for that good smoke and everything. You know, as I said, this is a really nice uh, little studio you have here in great area. 
glad to have you here in California, man. New York seems too far away. Yeah, you know, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, even though I'm a lifelong New Yorker and, and, and a proud Brooklynite and all that, uh, and I wouldn't have traded growing up in New York for anything in the world. I had the best time there, but it was time for a change, man. And I don't, I'm not the kind of person that likes to be the same thing or do the same thing for my whole life. You know, I, I feel the need to constantly be evolving and changing and, you got to embrace, uh, you know, when life's giving you, you know, signs, you, you got to follow, follow your heart, follow those signs and just take a leap of faith. And this was the place to be. We, you know, April and I, you know, knew that, uh, we, we, we thought about going to Oregon actually for, um, for a hot minute, you know, um, but, uh, we ended up deciding to come here. I felt like this was where the opportunities were going to be. And, uh, I hope that that, uh, that I'm proven right with that. <laughs> yeah. No, I lived here in California. I said, uh, you know, I was born here and, uh, and, uh you know, God, back in the day, in 68, 68, and then moved away in 81, then moved back again in 2001, and then recently moved away once me and my wife met, and we got married, I actually, and then Colorado came legal, I actually moved to Colorado, so now that's where I reside at. Mexico is starting to have, starting to have some things, and there's so many different events, and so many different things you can go to and check out, and this cannabis industry and this movement it's amazing and that's one thing i like now as i said back in the day it was hard to get the word out there i mean luckily high times had the magazine you had your thing and your writing but a lot of us we, we didn't have be able to do that voice unless we got on john sinclair's show or that but now with this new media and internet age the truth is able to get out there and so more and more people are opening their eyes and listening and seeing what this planet's really about and listening to these, you know, Dr. Nolan Kane and uh, Dr. Michelle, all these different people that, have, you know, yeah. brilliant. And they're, they're saying, no, this plan is good for us. And now people are starting to realize, hey, our government, yeah, maybe they've been lying to us. <laughs> right on, man. Right on. Uh, we should also mention before we go, uh, we haven't really talked about George Young at all. Um, yes. And you have been working with him for some time now. Tell us a little about your relationship with George and what he's got going on. Oh, George, he's uh, working on a little series with uh, people and stuff. You know, he's had his stuff, you know, about with the uh, law and stuff. Of course, you know, he very first started smuggling cannabis back in the day. He did that for 14 years. Then from that, when he got busted. Well, he's been on the show. I don't know if you remember, but we've yeah, had him yeah, on I'm last sure. year. Yeah, 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 we've yeah, had him on yeah, last year, yeah. but uh, I wanted okay. to make, make sure people get an update on how he's doing. Well, as I said, he's doing he, We just had an awesome 4th of July party over at his house. He's here living in San Diego now because his dream was he wanted to get out of Sacramento because unfortunately that's where they had him at for a while, parole and all that. Yeah. And now he's here in San Diego. He's doing a, a project, filming and everything pretty much every day. Uh, He's looking good. He's not drinking. Uh, he's enjoying life. You know, he, he he's glad that this plant is going where it's going. And he wished all them years ago that, you know, that he wouldn't get arrested. Because, you know, imagine where he would be at today if he kept with cannabis instead of went to coke. Yeah. You know, but he's uh, doing a lot of shows preaching about the cannabis and everything and just trying to enjoy his life. You know, he's 75 years old. I mean, this man is a legend. He's a living legend. He's yeah. done more things than most people they only see in movies, you know? This is the, like, him and Bobby Tuna and, like, oh, yeah. these guys, Jack, who, you know, of course he's not around anymore. Yeah. But, I mean, these guys, these icons, you know, they, the phrase is we, we stand on the shoulders of giants. Like, yeah. that's how I feel, like... People come up to me like, oh, Bobby Black. I'm like, when people first started calling me an activist, I almost wasn't comfortable with it. Me too. Because I felt like I hadn't worked hard enough to be called an activist. And they're like, no, but what you do with the magazine or whatever. I'm like, I party and I write about it. Like, you know, I, like, like, not that I didn't care and it's not that I'd never done. I had gone to marches and 
I had done some activism, don't get me wrong, but like, I just didn't think of myself as a capital A activist, like, because those people I see on TV and they're like sacrificing and getting arrested and doing all this and like yelling in the face of cops and stuff. <laughs> and I'm just like, that ain't me. <laughs> like, <laughs> that ain't me. Like, you know, but, but the truth is that like looking at these guys, like the smugglers, the activists, the people who, the legends, the living legends, man. It's it's. I'm I'm so blessed and honored to have met so many of them, and and even called some of them friends. It's 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 truly amazing. Yeah, I think we were blessed to be in this industry in this movement at the right time, you know, because we got to meet the old, the legends. We got to learn from them, and now we got these new kids and these new people are coming out. They're actually doing some great things themselves because you know progress. You know, there's progress and stuff, and uh, with all progress, there will be some doubters and stuff. But with changes, you. There are going to be some things that us in the cannabis industry don't like, but we just have to go with them. Yeah, as long as they're good, as long as they're good changes, and they're not going against like start. We don't need this factory cannabis out there, Monsanto, Monsanto, and all that stuff. And the quality of the the product is going to go down the plant and stuff. You know, all I can say is, man, people need to vote with their dollars. Like, yeah. don't buy if it's if it's gmo shit or whatever like just don't buy it like don't buy it you know and if look like i like i think we were discussing this earlier like you know i have no doubt that when cannabis becomes legal there's going to be the marlboro joint packs and whatever and you know but the same like if you look at beer as an analogy there's people that go to the store and they buy coors light you know, or they buy Budweiser, and then there's people that go buy Sam Adams or or Corson Doc, something unique and different, or Blue Moon, or you know, like there there's a wide variety, and everyone's tastes are accommodated, and that's how I think it's going to be, and it should be with weed. They shouldn't close out the microbrews, the little guys, because those are the guys that really know what the hell yeah, they're doing, right, yes. and they're going to make that delicious yeah. boutique stuff. Um, and the people like us are going to want it because we're not going to smoke, we're not going to drink the Coors Light of weed, weed. You know what I mean? We're not going to smoke that you know no, not. that's not that's not us yeah that's one like one of the new things that you know it's not, but cbd i mean a lot of people until things start coming out didn't really understand what cbd and cb cbgs and cbns and how they benefit and, and everything i myself especially you know, as i said for the last four years and i've been having seizures you know not all the time but once in a while after a stressful night or episode of uh, ptsd or flashbacks i I have seizures, and unfortunately, the VA hasn't done anything about it yet, but hopefully this time they will since it's last time. But I've got on a regimen of some CBD, and it's amazing how that makes you feel. I mean, this uh, strain wise Pacific, uh, strain Pacific, excuse me, strain Pacific that I've been using, it's it's like I actually get a clarity high. It's a totally different feeling, but it's still a good, like, clarity, even kill, nice, calming effect. And it's amazing that all the different properties that this plant has and what it can do for us. Yeah, it, it it really is. Oh man, I'm so. Speaking of which, I'm so I'm so high, and it's so hot in here. I'm like starting to like drift off, like ah, oh, losing my train of thought. Um, I, I had a whole topic I was ready to bring up, and it just completely went out of my head. You were talking about progress and and innovation and the young generation. All the new product, like extracts, like a lot of people like people think extracts and all this stuff and. The, as a new no, they had that back in the seventies. You know, a lot of this stuff that they thought were is new now. They actually had in seventies. A lot of it was created over in Amsterdam and stuff, but they were, it was outlawed and stuff like that. that's why you right. can't dab in Amsterdam now. You know that? It's oh yeah, because they're going off an of old law back in the seventies yeah. on on extracts is what they're using. Yeah, 
but it's just the way it was marketed and the way it comes out. You know, ethanol extractions, all this stuff. You know, yeah. There's different various ways. This plant is so amazing. Different ways you can get the uh, the medicine that you and, need from it. And each of the states now, uh, the medical states and the legal states, all have different rules about what you're allowed okay. to have. So, like, I know that for I'm 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 running a competition in Hawaii called the Aloha Cup uh, coming up, and um, I know that edibles and 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 BHO is is not allowed in Hawaii. It's banned, like oh, wow. it's illegal. So you can't sell edibles and you can't sell you can't have BHO. You can, I guess, have water hash, normal like what quote unquote normal hash, you know, traditional hash, but you can't have you know that stuff. Um, and then the edibles, so you can do flowers and whatever. So it's it's interesting. Like each state's different. I know New York, you can't even have flowers. New York State Medical. Yeah. Yeah, you can have concentrates, but you can't have flowers. And I'm like thinking you sell the potent stuff, but you don't sell the mild stuff. Like what – who's making these rules? Like th- this is the natural thing that grows out of the ground. In Colorado, they test more on the recreational side than they do the medical side. Actually, it has to be tested more. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's – it's sad that you know, our government says one thing and does another thing. You know, they're, they're one of the biggest drug suppliers for all times. You know, they, like I said, they, they're themselves actually back in the day. We we're talking about earlier that they used to give Boston George guns and say, here you go. Take it over to this country. They got the coke there for you. You know, so you know, it's like they do what they want. And then when we start doing what we want and they don't like it, that's when they put a stop to it. Yeah. And that's one thing about this plant. They, our, our government's all about control. This plant's all about freedom, being individual, and being able to do what you want to, and explore your own your own self and everybody around you. And that this plant opens your mind and opens your communal. Uh, and we all know that's precisely yeah. why they've outlawed it yeah, for so exactly. long because they, they don't, don't want, want the population thinking freely and and feeling creative and. That's not what they want. It, they want workers and consumers. Yeah, like that's what they want. It's all control techniques. They want to control us, and they know this plant a lot of breaks us from that control and lets us be us. See through the brainwashing. Yes, yeah, the brainwashing. Yeah. Right on. Uh, what I was going to say earlier, actually, was you know when the whole dab phenomenon came out, and I wanted to cover it in High Times. High Times actually didn't want me to cover it at oh, first wow. because they were like, "Oh, we can't be seen as promoting this. It's too dangerous and whatever." And I'm like, "Listen." We are the marijuana magazine of record. We're supposed to be the voice of the community. Like this is happening and it's happening like crazy and it's it's starting to take off and it's only going to get bigger. Like if we don't cover it now, we're going to be laughed oh, at, you know, later for not – for like totally missing the, the ball here, you know. And uh, and I had to fight for it. I had to fight for that first dab feature cover and uh, and I – you know, and I but I got it. And ever since then, every year after that, I, I wrote the dab report and – Awesome. Did like a whole dab, dab special, and they saw that that was you know the was right that the way Seattle to go. One when it first came out was, was that it? Or? Uh, I remember seeing that issue because they had the, the the cover up there up on stage. The first the article I did was to dab or not to dab, yeah. and it was the torch tube on the cover, and I okay, think it was yeah. 2012. Yeah, okay, yeah. I think I don't remember the month, but we have it here somewhere. I just don't feel like getting up and digging it out. Like you talk about dabs and stuff, you know. There's some people, oh, it's so strong, it's like crack. And to be honest, as I said, me being an ex uh, veteran, PTSD, and some other disabilities, I've I've been in this. I've tried the flower. I've done flower. I went from flower, went to hash. I went to the Keith. Uh, I've tried all forms, but it seems like with the extracts, that is what helps me out the best. That it seems like it. Boom! It hits right to the spot where I need it at. Helps me out. You know, if I'm having one of my PTSD episodes, I eat a smoke a nice indica, and that just calms me down, gets me. Down. Or if I'm really exa- a lot of anxiety in morning time, on this uh, CBD I've been smoking, it's just 
calms me down. Yeah. It's, it's, it's truly a medication. And there's so many people out there because of the torch and this and how it's processed. They think, oh, it's a heavy drug. No, it's just like... Like the Bible, if you had a choice to read the Bible or go straight to God, what would you do? You'd rather go straight to God. <laughs> well, this is the same well, thing with yeah. this plant. Kind of, you're going straight to that trichome. You're going straight to that medicine without all that plant form and everything in it. You're getting straight to the medicine and the terpenes and that entourage effect right on. that you need. Yeah, and like, and we had Bubble Man on the show oh, uh, not long yeah. ago, and uh, he was saying that. Um, um, Oh fuck! It happened to me again. I forgot again what the fuck I was going to say. This is bad, dude. You, what, what did you? What was in that fucking joint you gave me? <laughs> know that joint. Well, that was a. Uh, tell me, a about, tell me, tell me about that joint. Tell me about what it was we cup, smoked before uh, this joint. podcast. Uh, we got please. it in uh, at one of the cups there in Michigan. I believe it was. Um, it's Keith. It's a uh, cannabis leaf rolled. It has, of course, cannabis in it. Hash extracts i mean it's and then of course then it was rolled on top it had a good spot of it was rolled also in keith and extract again so you get keith extracts and all kinds of stuff inside then you got the keith and the extracts on the outside Uh, oh you see how that thing was dripping no wonder i keep losing my train of thought (laughs) jesus man well you know it has it it has a little bit of everything oh that's what i was gonna say (laughs) i see brought me right back so bubble man was saying uh because i asked him i said you know obviously you're known for water bubble hash and and i know that you like dry sift and stuff from the legends of hash and all that but um what about how do you feel about butane hash i mean is it something that you you don't prefer but you'll still smoke is it something that you don't smoke or whatever and he said i'm not against anything i'm for all of it i think that it should all exist and whoever you know everybody needs something different everybody prefers something different like i'm in favor of all of the options whether i choose to smoke it or not whatever but so i think he kind of he prefers not to yeah. smoke. He doesn't want to use petrochemical. Well, did you see that uh, video he did, that hoax video of him doing the dab and it blows up, right? Didn't he, he put it out during Fourth of July, like <laughs> last year? Right? Wow. I said, Are you all right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's just, yeah, he was joking. I got to say, man, I don't know how he does it uh, as somebody who who does videos and podcasts and stuff, but he's just like the the volume of video that he puts out on a daily basis. I I applaud him, but I just I don't think I could do it. No. I just don't think I can do it. Yeah. He's <laughs> it's busy. too much. I mean, when I... When, I mean, when I first met back in the night, I was actually able to go stay at his place there, the melting melting pot. I always get around melting pot or melting point there on uh, Com- Commercial Avenue there in Canada. And I got to spend some time there with him. And he was just so busy there, too, because he had his shop. He had the, the shop, but plus everything else he was doing. But he's always been busy in this industry. And he's one of the ones is stuck to his guns and stuck, you know. Into this plant. Yeah. Luckily, he's from Canada, so he wasn't persecuted as much like Mark Amory and a few other people that are over there and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I love enjoy the, uh, the hash church that he does. And, of course, you know, him and uh, Todd McCormick, he's on there a lot. You yeah, yeah. Todd. You I've known Todd actually, forever, man. <laughs> actually, Todd mentioned, like he said, this hash church has grown more than than just me and, and Mark. This is all of us. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. Todd's always been real, real supportive of, oh, yeah. of me and everything. Todd's, Todd's, Todd and I have always been cool. Um, cool, man. Uh, well, it looks like we're starting to wind down here. Um, and I, and there I go again. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be, this is going to be a classic episode because, you know, most of the time when I do my podcast, I like to be super prepared and super, uh, you, you know, cohesive <laughs> in my brain and, and be on target. But, 
this is what happens when it's more of a fun, just chilling out and, and, and getting high. And, and, you know, that's what happens. You know, I'll, I'll admit it, man. I'm getting older. Uh, I, I'm for progress. I'm for the young generation taking that baton and running with it. But I'm not ashamed to admit, I, sometimes I feel like an old man. I'm like, did, they show oh these performers God. on TV. I'm like, who the hell is this kid? Where, oh where did God. they come from? Like, you know, I'm getting, starting to get a little set in my ways about certain things, you know, and... Uh, I think this plan has kept us kept us young, Bobby. I don't think we'd be at where we're at today and look as young as we do if we didn't have this plant in our life and and the yeah. people around us that this plant brought to us and brought you know us to them. I mean, I am so blessed that I you know the community and the people that I have met through my journey in this in this movement and in this world. I mean, it's amazing the life that I've been uh, you know been living and being able to kick it with and the legends and just the fun. Over this plant, no harm, no malice, just all about fun and treating each other with love and respect. And that's what this plant does. It's all about love and respect, and you get it back when you give it. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, uh, perhaps we should leave it there before I forget the next thing I'm going to say. Check out Uncle Stoner on yeah, of Instagram, course. too, please. Yeah, no, I was going to give you that opportunity. <laughs> yeah, uh, tell us, tell us, tell us, Uncle Stoner, where can we find you online? Where can we oh, find all your good projects? Well, you got smokersguide.com, you got cannabroadcasting.com, you got unclestoner.tv, you got Bobby West Facebook, you got Uncle Stoner fan page, and then you got, of course, my Instagram, Uncle Stoner. There you go, man. All right. Well, uh, I already follow you on all those things. I suggest that my uh, listeners do the same. Um, and uh, it's been great having you here, man. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on the show today, Uncle Stoner, man. Bobby. Bobby, hey, Bobby and Bobby. You yeah, know, we've Bobby been, and Bobby. The, we've been black talking. Black and West. Yeah, yeah, Black and West, Bobby and Bobby. Yeah, the two Bobbies. We've been talking about doing a joint project, a, a joint venture for a long time. We should really uh, – today's maybe the first step towards that. We've lived this history, Bobby. Each of us in a different way and a different walk because you were more into the high times. You were already there in the fold. Now I'm kind of somewhat getting in the fold of the whole industry and more yeah. more people are learning what I'm about and what I've been about and stuff. And So, yeah. Yeah, right on, man. Well, thanks again for joining us. You uh, take care and we'll be watching all your projects eagerly. Uh, bless up. Always love and respect. All right, guys. And that's going to be it for this week's edition of Blazin'. As always, you can find links to stuff we discussed on today's episode on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash blazingwithbobbyblack. Please head over, give us a like, leave us some feedback, and you can also follow me on social media, Twitter at Bobby Black, Facebook and Instagram at bobbyblack420. I want to once again thank our guest, Bobby Uncle Stoner West, as well as our sponsors, the whole Cannabis Radio crew. And of course, all of you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in and hooking up with us each and every week. Until next time, this is Bobby Black saying, Blaze on, Blackalites. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.